0: Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've joined the conversation today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us imagining. Sometimes it gets us sad. Sometimes gets us hopeful. gets us wondering. But most of all, our goal is to get us connected and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we're making the connection. So how do we talk about George Floyd and the protests across the world? How do we make sense of it? What can we do? What are the solutions? May 25th, here in Minneapolis, in the Twin Cities, George Floyd was murdered and his death was captured on a smartphone by a 17-year-old young woman who was brave enough to stand her ground, was brave enough to do something. And the world watched that video and it has been an inspiration for a movement for change. And I have twin emotions. I mean it. I'm struck because it all began here, but it has been part of something that has been going on for so many years. But this one caught our attention. This one made us stop. And the world's watched that video. And perhaps if that 17-year-old hadn't created the video, we would still be in a place where either denial or looking the other way was okay. And my twin emotions here in the Twin Cities are both despair and hope. I, when it first happened, it it felt like it broke my heart that it was here in the Twin Cities. But over time, I've gained hope. I've gained hope that we can use this to unite. And the world's looking at us. So, what do we want to do? How do we want to show up? How do we wrestle with both hope and despair? Despair holding them both, going back and forth, but we need them both to go forward. And to have our conversation today, I'm, I'm very honored to have the Diversity Institute be joining us. The Diversity Institute believes that diversity is everybody's business there's a potential of all individuals and our potential is all important and they work with organizations to develop strategies that build leadership uh, they promote conclu- uh, they promote inclusion they help organizations move beyond the check the box diversity and and they move it into the real diversity equity and inclusion that's meaningful and sustainable for change the Diversity Institute continues to provide a brave space where leaders can increase their cultural awareness, deepen their knowledge, and practice skills in a supportive learning environment because it's all about that ongoing learning that, that we all need to brace, embrace. So today I have Melissa Adams, who currently serves as the Executive Director of the Diversity Institute, and Cecilia Staten adams who serves as the board chair's emeritus? Welcome, and how are you both? Melissa, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me, Lori? I can now. And is Cecilia with us as well? Yes,
1: she is. Ye- yep, I'm right here. Wonderful. Morning, Lori.
0: Wonderful. I am so, you know, I'm, you're both dear friends, and I am just proud and and grateful that you're joining me today to talk about the work that you do and the time that we're in being able to take a pause and talk about what's happening
2: here. What well, are... I, I think we're also honored to be online with you or on the call with you today because you are also a very big proponent of diversity, a champion for uh, diversity, and in fact is uh, not only a uh, good friend of ours, but you've been a mentor and helped us to uh, really shape what, our business could look like for uh, helping other people. So we appreciate you and are so grateful for you as well.
0: Well, I believe in you both and you bring such heart and knowledge. Um, I've always been a great admirer of, of the work that you do and, and feel um, like it's a special gift that, that we can work together the way that we do. And I look forward to other programs and growing where we can go from here. Yes. Um, so in looking at where we are, first, just how both are you doing? Just just what's going on for you both?
2: Would you like to go, Cecilia?
1: Sure. I mean, it's definitely a difficult time right now. Um, you know, uh, since COVID happened, right? Yeah, everybody's trying to figure that out. And, um, you know, the huge health situation, it's hitting um, minority communities harder than than any other's. Um, you know, this is the kind of the state that we found ourselves in when we learned of George Floyd's murder. And, you know, it's, it was just amazing to see the world erupt the way that it has. Um, you know, it, as I go through this period here, these last few weeks, I'm, I am definitely very hopeful that there's going to be change. There needs to be change. Um, but I also uh, have that feeling of, you know, how long will it take before everyone goes back to their normal course of action, right? Um, to go back long... to the
0: default actions, you know, get shaken up exactly. for a little bit. But now, okay, now we've dealt with it now. We can check off the box, right?
2: Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that time never comes. But uh, I also am aware that, that that's happened in the past yeah. many, many, many times, which is why we find ourselves in this situation today. What about you, Melissa?
2: I, too, um, am feeling a lot of mixed emotions. Um, I think it's okay for us to go through these emotions, these feelings that all of us are feeling of anger, depression, fear. All of these feelings are valid, right? Um, And I do also feel lots of hope. Um, I see so many people from so many walks of life uh, being champions For this cause. So although uh, Mr. Floyd lost his life, I believe he did not lose his life in Mm vain. I believe many of us are fighting for justice for Mr. Floyd and for other people who are impacted by this issue as well. Um, I personally am impacted by this issue. My family is personally impacted by this issue as people of color. Um, when I was a young person, my, uh, 16 year old cousin had just got his license, um, and he was being chased by police, um, in his car and his car wrapped around a light, a light pole. Yeah. My cousin was 16 years old. He was in a coma for a while and eventually lost his life. Um, so we're, concerned with the type of behavior that we see in our community that is causing this type of um, having this type of impact on us. I am hopeful um, because the Diversity Institute, this is where we really um, feel we can help our community um, by helping them to turn this thing around and come up with solutions. So I do have a lot of hope.
0: It's a heartache in looking at how to talk about it with a family, right? I mean, Yes. What conversations do you need to have that break your heart? And being able to keep kids safe, and and having yeah. to share the unfortunate truth that they're not safe driving right. as African Americans just being out and driving. I mean that that
2: and you know, Lori, I think it's even it's even broader than just driving, right? Uh, oh yeah, um, Ahmad yeah. ah, Aubrey was a athletic young man. I believe he was into sports and he was taking a jog in his neighborhood. Just jogging. Just jogging. Just, just and out he was being killed. healthy
0: and jogging and run down like, a, like an animal.
2: Yeah, like a shot like he was being hunted. And then there was this gentleman, um, the case with a- Miss Amy Cooper. Um, this gentleman, black gentleman, was in Central Park in the bird watching uh-huh. uh, section. And you know, it's just and so the threat that she
0: made. Oh, I'm going to tell the police. I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to make up lies, and you're in danger. I mean, what right? right? What kind of supremacy thinks that that's okay? It, to do
2: to a person, yeah, right? it boggles. Right. It boggles the mind. But, but, so it's not just about driving. It's right. really about. Right about our lives in general like the things that we do every day well, like go to the supermarket. Yeah
0: and and here he did he all he went to the supermarket. Who knows if that was counterfeit or not? I mean that's the that's the horrific part of all of this. Someone right. thought that it might be and then he left the store then she didn't accept the $20 bill. But he was just hanging around and that made her nervous. I mean, what, right. what, what made her nervous? This, is, this right. is everyone else a gentle giant that believed in love and peace, and she felt uncomfortable. Yeah,
2: That's a, is that's an issue. That happens. Yeah, and this is something that happens in society all the time. Um, it's basically a case of unconscious bias. Yes. Right? Yep. If that would, and if we could really just think about, if that would have been a white man in a blue suit with a red tie and a white shirt, who came in and gave her that $20 bill, she said, oh, sir, you've been duped. This bill is fake. Right. Right? Yeah. But for African-American man, oh, you must be trying to run a scam on me because this bill is fake. Right. So we have to think about our uh, unconscious bias, you know, and, unconscious bias. And, and, and the story that we
0: make up in our head. I mean, there's a whole story that comes up in our head, and this is learned behavior. It's we we don't necessarily know we have it because that story is so. It comes up quickly, and it's what we refer to, and we think that we're in danger, and fear takes over. And how do we unlearn
1: those stories? I think
2: one of the challenges. Go ahead, Cecilia.
1: I think one of the challenges is, you know, we've become a little bit more open to accepting of the being accepting of the idea about unconscious biases because it allows us to, um, you know, actually explain that you know there's sometimes where we make we behave in a certain way and we're we're not even thinking of it because within milliseconds we're making up a story like you said in our head about what's going on, but I think part of the problem with that is that a lot of it is also conscious bias mm-hmm. where people not only act in different ways, but they also speak that same way. They share that those ideologies. Um very and reinforce readily, it. Yeah. Like on social media. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't want us to get um lulled into this, you know, comfort zone of, oh, it's just not our fault, we just have to learn. And it's inadvertent. I mean it is not inadvertent. It is not <laughs> yeah. inadvertent yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a, And it's an unlearning. It's an unlearning that needs to happen in, in those cases. And, you know, that's one of the hardest changes to, it's to make. It's an
0: unlearning so. and open to relearning and then an open to continually learn. I mean, that yes. to me is the commitment. And relearning history and relearning what we've been taught and how to be open to, like, do that self-introspection of like, whoa, where did that come from? Where did that initial instinct, where did that story that led me to believe this
2: outcome, where did that come from? And, and I like that you mentioned that, Lori, because it comes from socialization. Yeah. We've been socialized to believe certain things. And all of us have these um, unconscious biases um, kind of sort of mm-hmm. to our society. So an example is when I watch television and I watch show like Law and Order, I see the people who are police officers are white women and white men, and then when I see all of the criminals, they're either Hispanic or black, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we've learned and, and taught people that black people are bad, black people are criminals, um, Hispanic people are bad, people of color, anyone who's yeah. non-white is not pure. Yep, and so it's in the way, movies too. I mean, it's it's yes, it's in the it, movies, everything. Yeah. And, I also have a friend who works uh, with uh, NPR, and uh, she is creating her own organization now. Her name is Linda Miller, and she's creating an organization that is going to change the narrative of, in media around how they're portraying people of color. So it's
0: important work that needs to be done here. Absolutely, I, I call the that sort of media the mediated reality. You know what? How much has the mediated reality influenced? What we believe influenced our stories that we see in our head. Right. Well, right. with that, with that, I, I do. I've, run over of course <laughs> <laughs> I do need to have <laughs> us go to our commercial I want to make sure that folks know um, your website to go to because it's fabulous um, it's the and you'll, you can read a little bit more about these wonderful women that are doing great things and we'll also have a chance to keep talking with them in the next segment um cecilia i know you've been doing a lot of family discussions uh let's let's aim for our next segment to have you share more about that with us because i think we need to start with our family and how are we talking yeah yeah great so you're listening to am 950 the progressive voice of minnesota stay with us we'll be right back Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people processes and technology they bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions transforming how your customers interact with your brand Clockworks technology consulting experience design and software development expertise, makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right.
3: Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. You might recognize my son, Charlie. Hi, everyone. Coronavirus has impacted us in many ways, but we at AM950 wanted to take time to recognize a group of people who are experiencing this crisis in a very different way. High school and college
4: graduates. I'm a member of the Hopkins High School class of 2020. Many in my grade were looking forward to ending out our senior year with a graduation ceremony. Unfortunately, all of the traditional events won't take place for my class.
3: Funny they managed to get all the testing and finals in.
4: Yeah, all the fun stuff. Anyway, we understand no one can plan for a pandemic, and you have to make sacrifices for the common good. Considering many people are having a much harder time, the Class of 2020 will manage. We'll miss the graduation experience, but we'll share this time as we head into the next chapter of our lives. Oh, and by the way... Go Gophers.
3: On behalf of everyone at AM 950, a big salute to all the graduates for 2020. We know this isn't how you envision this happening, but just because there's no grand ceremony doesn't mean we're not proud. You've accomplished so much. All our best as you take the next steps in your journey. Congratulations from AM 950.
5: Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com.
4: Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I am your host, Lori Fitz, and I have two amazing women, uh, Melissa Adams, who currently serves as the Executive Director of the Diversity Institute, and Cecilia Stanton-Adams, who serves as the Board Chair Emeritus. Welcome. We're so glad you're here today to share with us your insights, your suggestions, your thoughts. We're in just an amazing time that... Uh, we look at what's happened here and how it's had rippled effects all over the world. And I'm glad you're here to just have us take a pause and take a look at the moment and, and explore it, um, learn from it. So in this segment, we're talking about family. Um, and I know, Cecilia, you've been doing a lot of work with family discussions.
1: What are your thoughts? Yes. Well, you know, a lot of my friends um, have children and they've been asking, how do we have these conversations? You know, how do we talk about these things? And, you know, the interesting thing that you learn when you kind of explore this topic is that um, usually children of color, black children, learn about things like the police and that you have to act differently um, in order to make sure that you don't um have problems with the police um that you're taught those things really young usually between the ages of eight and ten and it's because it's a matter of survival but for white parents um that conversation may never happen and there may they may feel like there's no reason to ever talk about it because it doesn't really impact their lives um but unfortunately it does it impacts all of our lives it's just how much are we talking about it and preparing our children and educating them about, um, you know, all of the things that, that we're dealing with and, and the history that led up to it.
0: And, and how do you approach it? How do you encourage your family friends to, to do that? And, and what are some of the questions and some of the ideas that you most want to share?
1: So, you know, I think the first thing that's really important is to process this for yourself and identify what are your values. What clearly can you articulate about what you stand firm on in your life? That's essential because when you start to have these conversations, you know, you don't, you kind of going to feel pulled from one way to the next. Mm -hmm. So if you know what you're, what you're thinking about and what's important to you really at your core, um, you're going to be able to at least share that from your own perspective.
0: And one thing I found with kids is if you're not being authentic, they can bust you right away.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) For sure. You really need to sort it out and and be anchored in your beliefs because they're looking to you and they're testing you and they want to know, you know, where's your heart on this? Right. Exactly.
1: And it, it won't be easy. And, you know, we usually um, talk about the four agreements when, when we're doing a class. And I think the same thing is true when you're having those conversations with your family. Stay engaged. You know, make sure that even um, when it starts to get hard, that you stay the course and that you're asking those hard questions. Can you review Exper- those questions
0: with us again?
1: Sure. Stay engaged. And then the second one is experience Discomfort. Because it it will be uncomfortable throughout that process, Um, but you just got to stick with it. Um, Three, speak your truth. You can only speak from your own perspective. You are um, the expert in your own life. So only expect to have to speak on your behalf. No one else's. And then the fourth is accept and and accept non-closure. So expect and accept non-closure. You're not going to be able to tie everything up in a neat bow. Um, You might feel really uncomfortable at the end and feel like things aren't resolved. They won't be resolved. But it has to be the beginning of an ongoing question that you're continuing to ask yourself.
0: I think sometimes allowing ourselves not to decide opens the door for something bigger.
2: Yes. And I think that's a great one, too, because uh, we talk about also practicing 360 empathy which means you're going to be empathetic for the people who are around you. But I think at this time it's also important for us to think about practicing some self-compassion and some self-empathy. We all need to be um, mindful of our self-care right now. Not only are we dealing with the uh, impacts of COVID-19, but we're also dealing with um, what it means to be in sort of an isolated sort of cabin fever um, we're dealing with what's going on in the world around George Floyd's death. People are dealing with unemployment and needing uh, resources. Uh there's so many different complexities that are mixed into this situation that it is important for us to have some self-compassion right now.
0: And we don't know in the world what's going to happen next. I mean, it started off feeling like a weird movie, and now it's become yeah. like a total reshuffle. we We just yeah. what what's up and and can right. we take this opportunity to make changes? you know can we can we at least with this pause and there's part of me that that is amazed that this is all happening during a time when we really can focus on it? we're not getting right. distracted. You know, it's just like Reverend Al said in the funeral, maybe there's a purpose that we don't have all these other distractions that now we can really look at, you know, how are how are we showing up for each other
1: <laughs> in Lori, a deeper you know, way. I really agree with you and I really um, like what you said earlier about the reshuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, because what that means to me is, you know, really thinking about your life and, and everything that's in it and everything that you've been doing in it and what is it you want to do differently. And sometimes that means, you know, looking at the people that are in your life. Um, sometimes we've, you know, allowed people to come into our life and bring a lot of these ideas and thinking, um, you know, that then later on we don't want to address, you know we don't want to um talk about it because we know that we're going to have differing opinions on it but today i feel like so much stronger about the need for me to align myself with people that that truly align with my values because at the end of the day that's that's what allows things like george floyd to happen the fact that we have people in our own family that um think oh well you know there's no issues here um you know this is just a one time thing um, you know, in those cases, you know, especially if you're trying to do this hard work, yeah. part of self care is how can you remove yourself from some of right. those people so that you're not continuing to hear that message that you hear in the media with people that are close to you.
0: And how many one times do we have to live through until others can accept that is a pattern? You know, yeah. this is not a one off. And this right. this has got to change. And at what point do you need to, as you say, take care of yourself and not try and turn yourself into a knot in in helping someone try to understand? You know, how, how do you let go, and that's hard too. But in the long run, how does that keep you healthy um, and right. prepared? And I heard a statistic the other day that when people face crisis, on the whole, there's ten percent that go okay we need to do something and and we need, we need to take charge and we need to move forward and we need to figure out we may not do it right, we may do it wrong, but we got we to gotta be moving. 80% wait for someone to tell them that this is okay to do mm-hmm. and then 10% yeah. are destructive. So if 80% are kind of hanging out here and trying to figure out what to do, I think that there are some very good leadership um, ideas that you bring to the table.
2: Yes, and I'd like to kind of add to that. Yeah, yeah. I think, Lori, I think it's, um, you know, I'm actually reading this book by Dr. King. It's called Where Do We Go From Here? One of my favorite.
0: One of my favorite.
2: For community. Yeah, we should talk about this book. Yes. I really believe that we as leaders, every leader, anyone who considers themselves um, a leader who's managing people should really read that book yes. and you can get it as a, a, a audible book. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is when this was the last book that Dr. King wrote before he died, Dr. King, the reason why his movement and the civil rights movement was so powerful and effective was because Dr. King was about changing policies, but he also, um, pulled on the he, he actually like put the values and made this a moral uh, decision. So as Americans, as people, this tragedy shines a light on the systemic injustices that too many are confronting every single day, you know. And the racism that affects one of us affects all of us, right? Racism and systemic oppression, that's kind of been a significant part of America's history. And when it comes to facing issues of racism, this is a moment of transition in our company, in our country. This, is a moment, uh, this moment offers new challenges, but it's also uh, a way for us to have new opportunities to make things better. And I believe that Dr. King was 100% correct when he said it's about our values. When we say we value education, do we mean we value education for our own children and our own community? Or do we value education for children who are in North Minneapolis or in Africa? You know, um, so it's important for us to live into our values.
0: And, and to really believe that we could, we, we have the ability to work towards a beloved worldwide community. It's there. Yes,
2: we do. Yes, we do.
0: And we can choose community. Overcast. Well, you've inspired me. We may need to have a book club
2: <laughs> on that. <laughs> on, I think that, that would be. I. You are so right. I'm actually thinking of doing an executive book club. All right. The book is the blueprint. He yes. gives us the blueprint yes. to how to solve our problem. Yes.
0: It's it. I read it in college, and it changed my life. Um. I, I have very to say, good. That 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 was one of my guiding, um. Aha. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, my mom had been very active in civil rights. I, I, I've told folks, I think I learned how to walk in a march. So, and, and even going back, she was pregnant with me when she went down to Alabama and was walking children to school. Uh, facing a lot of folks that did not want those children to go to school, so
2: you know what? I'm not surprised <laughs> that you, that that you have come from a long line of people who get
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, June, June was a pretty powerful lady. She uh, she helped desegregate um, Langley. Uh, excuse me, um, Blair High School in Pasadena, and uh, wow. yeah, we had we had the KKK come and visit on several occasions, and uh, she. She called them cowards. Only people who put hoods on their heads are cowards. And she. Uh, and
2: you know, Laura, you bring up a good point, right? It's about the lineage and the historical. This is since, this, it's been 54 years yes. since yes. 1966 when Dr. King said that, uh, you know, riots are the language of the unheard. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say that he was a. a, a um, judging them in any way. He said he understood that rioting is the language of the unheard. He always has been a proponent of nonviolence. Dr. King is my mentor, and, and um, I really follow his um, teachings because I believe that it's time for us to really go back to what Dr. King was talking about. I feel like we kind of put a pause on everything after Dr. when it came to the civil rights movement
0: well, I think, I think our hearts were, were, were broken. broken. I think our hearts yeah. were broken when he was assassinated. It, it hurts so – the despair was so deep. Um, yeah. But it's time to bring that hope back. And unfortunately, I've run way over. <laughs> I need to take a break. As much as I would love to not uh, take a break, I do need to I take a break that. for us. And I do want um, folks to take a look at the thediversityinstitute.org and learn about the wonderful work that's being done and we'll be right back but we need some commercials inserted <laughs> so thanks for being with us and stay with us
3: Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com. All Energy Solar is still committed to saving you on your next energy system through their zero-contact protocol. They can evaluate your property without visiting your home through calls and webinars. But incentive programs are expiring soon, so start saving on your energy bill today and visit
4: allenergysolar.com. Minuteman Press Uptown is still open it's printing everything, but they are taking some extra precautions. You can order by phone or online and do curbside pickup. Plus, they can help restaurants staying open with direct mail and geofencing. That's Minuteman Press Uptown.
6: Hi, this is Laura. Thank you for listening to AM950. People have been calling us and letting us know how important we are. We are here for you. You are here for us. As we look to the future, let's build a stronger local business economy. Do you know of a business that could benefit from connecting with the AM950 audience? Is there a product or service that you wish you could buy from an AM950 advertiser? Let us know. So call us with your ideas and suggestions. Our number is 952-946-8885. Also, we are an affordable forum of mass media. We offer a a safe public place. So if you know of any group that might be interested in communicating via AM 950, also let us know. Annual meetings, community outreach, public auctions, podcasts, spiritual well-being program, recovery. AM 950 is able to air live or taped messages. AM 950 also reaches people without internet. And remember, more people listen to radio than any other medium, about 92% of adults. So Radio Connects. If you want to know more, give us a call, 952-946-8885, or go to laura at am950radio.com.
4: Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style. Look, we're all working from home right now, and chances are you've become aware of the importance of a decent office chair. Well, I'd like to offer you a means of helping a local business while making working from home a lot more pleasant. How about considering the X-Chair? We can ship the X-Chair directly to your home. Now, I wish I could have you into Habitation to try it out, but that's not an option. So I'm encouraging you to visit XChair.com to have a look. But once you do, please give Habitation a call to place your order. Doing so ensures that you're supporting a local business at a time that we really need your help. And I'll tell you what. When you place your order by phone with Habitation, we'll discount the chairs an extra 10% off the lowest price on the X-Chair website. So do your back, neck, and butt a favor and take a look at X-Chair at xchair.com. Then call Habitation at 952-426-3548. That's 952 426 Three five four eight. With your AM950
3: weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today's going to be mostly sunny with a high near 79. While tonight, chance of storms with a low around 66. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high near 88. Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 94. And Tuesday, storms likely with a high near 79. Make the most of your time at home with a new gas pellet or charcoal grill during Warner Stallions Grill Expo. Get the lowest prices of the year online, by phone, or in store. Then enjoy free assembly, contact free delivery, and free haul away. Only at Warner Stellion.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we're talking about changing the world. We're talking about values. We're talking about George Floyd and the the change that's coming, that's happening in looking at a movement that says, We need to do we need to do better. And and all people are created equal. That's our values. That's what we, That's what our country was founded on. And it it is something that we need to keep learning and relearning and discovering what that means. But we're at a good time at least in being able to focus on it and deal with our pain and deal with our hope. And to help us with that, we have the Diversity Institute. And the Diversity Institute believes that diversity is everybody's business. And – they also believe in the potential in every individual. Uh, they work on inclusion. They work on meaningful and sustainable change. And it provides a brave space where leaders can increase their cultural awareness, deepen their knowledge, and practice skills in supportive learning environment. So Melissa Adams, who serves as the executive director of the Diversity Institute, and Cecilia Stanton Adams, who serves as the board chair, who began, they both began and started this amazing organization, have joined us today um, to share insights and to give us some time to think about it and how to think about it and what ways in guiding us in thinking about it. So thank you to you both. Well, thank you, Lori.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: So I know that you've been doing some listening sessions. Melissa, tell me how that's been going.
2: Well, it's really been, um, really just inspiring again that, um, organizations, when, uh, Mr. Floyd's life was taken, um, that Monday, I personally, um, was, I was, I reached a, I received a phone call from my big brother in New York and he, um, You know, this guy, my brothers are, I've always looked up to them. I've had four four big brothers my whole life, and I've always looked up to these guys. Um, And my brother reached out to me that morning and texted me, and he said, "Uh, Melissa, I hope you and your family are okay. I saw the video of what happened with George Floyd, and I texted him back, and I said, yes, you know, we're okay. And he immediately called me on the phone, and I picked up, and he said, you know, Melissa, I'm a little nervous. I uh, I should have started by saying I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And that's my brother is still in New York. Um, All of my family are still in New York. Um, And my brother says, Melissa, I'm really nervous and afraid for you because I saw that. And and I I don't like that you're in Minnesota right now. This is really not good. And I said, yeah, it's okay. You know, this is my line of business. This is my line of work. Um, This is what I'm um, here for to help to find solutions for this. And he said, "You know, you're right. Um, you're there. Then I really I want to see you use your platform as a way to try and solve this problem. I support you. I'm going to ensure that all of my friends and colleagues uh, support you, and that our family supports you." Um, and he said, "I'd like for you to do a Facebook Live tonight and have um, make a put out a message so that everyone knows how you feel about this." You have to say something, Melissa. And he actually um, started crying. And I really rarely—I don't—I don't think I've ever seen my brother cry. Um, He—I don't even think he cried at our mom's funeral. But he was crying, and he said, "You, this is an opportunity. You have to use your platform. You have to say something. You have to speak out against this injustice." And I said, "Darren, you know you're right. I'm going to do it." And I did a Facebook Live listening session. Um, And people were able to talk. I did another one on Zoom, and people were able to talk. And then organizations began to reach out to me. Many of my clients reached out to me immediately and said, honestly, we need to do something. We want to do listening sessions. So in these listening sessions, what I'm learning is that I'm hearing from people throughout our community um, that people are really hurting and struggling with this and want to help. Like, Lori, you mentioned that 80%, I believe, was the number of people yeah. who are interested in, in trying to move forward from this. And, help and, and
0: But they want to know what to do. They just are, yeah. are paralyzed. They they don't know yeah. what to do, and they, they need direction.
2: And that's why Cecilia and I have actually uh, been working with our team to develop a resource um, kit or a um, toolkit because what we're dealing with is not just the complexities of this racial issue and the the bias that we see in society. We're also still dealing with a pandemic that is actually impacting um, people of color and older people, people in marginalized communities, really, really um, rapidly. So it's important for us to kind of think about all of the complexities. So Cecilia and I are really working towards finding resources and solutions and trying to get that into the community.
0: Well, I know that when you lead conversations, because I've been part of it, um, what I find astounding is the way that you can create a trusting environment that people open up in ways that are just amazing. Um, you, help, yeah. you help bring the defenses down in a safe space, and and we can yeah. all explore together, and it's a it's a very moving um, opportunity um, in, yeah. in working Thank you with you. For
2: that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Cecilia, um, I think Cecilia has asked, helped to put together some of the resources as it pertains to what we can do. Did you want to uh, mention some of the research that you've been coming across, Cecilia?
1: Yeah, one of the things that, um, you know, I've been telling people, especially those that that want to learn more, um, you know, what books do I read? You know, one of the ones that I really have highly recommended is So You Want to Talk About Race. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a really good foundational read. It's an easy read. Um, You know, the woman talks about her life growing up um, being biracial and um, talks a little bit about her mom's experience as a white woman raising a biracial daughter. And throughout, she explains things like what a microaggression is and how it shows up in people's lives and what the long-term impact is. I definitely think that's that's a great place to start. Um, I also think that there's another quick activity that you can do, and it goes like this. You know, ask yourself, how much is your life impacted by race? So out of 100%, what percentage is your life impacted by race? You know, and for some people, you know, they might say, oh, well, 10%. You know, mm-hmm. it really comes up maybe about 10% or maybe maybe it's 50%. Some people might say it's 100%. Um, we are all 100% impacted by race all day, every day, whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. And race impacts us emotionally, socially, intellectually, and morally. And so if you find yourself at 10%, Um, Consider that your racial consciousness, right? Your racial consciousness is 10%. How do you get to that next 10%? And that's an opportunity. That's not to feel bad. Exactly.
0: You've got an opportunity to grow. I wish I could um, have us go longer, but I've gone way over again. (laughs) 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 We're going to start with that exercise uh, to think a little bit more deeply in our next. Because I really want to encourage... the, all, all of us to have some to-do lists. What, what's our to-do list to be thinking about? And I, um, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next segment. It's always so great talking with you, and I always run over. So thank you, and stay with us. The next segment will be a good way for us to be thinking about positive things that we can do, and that's important. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockwork's technology consulting, experience design, and software development expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right.
3: As farmers and ranchers, stewardship of the land comes naturally. Your work keeps our water clean, improves the soil, and enhances wildlife habitat. It also provides countless benefits, not just for you and your family, but for millions of Americans who depend on this region every day without even realizing it. Thank you for being stewards of America's Prairie for all of us. Take a moment to find out how conservation pays, Visit conservationpays.org. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell.
2: Freddie, this generation
3: of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources.
4: Hi, this is Chad from AM950. Whether it's storm damage from the past or a new issue that's popped up over the years, Snap Construction is a company we trust for all roofing, siding, windows, and exterior construction needs. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window company in the metro. Ryan has worked with many of our listeners and is excited to help more. Thank you to all the listeners we have worked
3: with and all the listeners at AM950 that we haven't had the opportunity to work with yet. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. Safety of our homeowners and our team at Snap Construction has always been the utmost priority. We are still offering free, no-contact estimates. This summer at Snap Construction, we've rolled out a new referral program. Mention AM950, and we'll make a donation to the station in your name. Together, we can all work to ensure AM950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. Call for your free estimate today. 612-333-SNAP. 612-333-SNAP.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And today we have Melissa Adams, who is the Executive Director of the Diversity Institute, and Cecilia Staten Adams, who serves as the Board Chair, helping us take the moment and explore the moment and be thinking about some actions. What can we do? I hear that a lot. What, what, what should we do? And as we were talking about, there's 80 percent of folks out there that, that need some guidance, need to know what to do kind of in shell shock. And Cecilia, would you mind just backing up a little bit and sharing your exercise just briefly again to catch up the audience in case you were, you've just joined us? Because um, it's a wonderful exercise to think
1: about. Yes. So it's really easy. You ask yourself, how much is my life impacted by race? And you identify a percentage out of 100. So it could be 5%, it could be 10, 50, it could be 100%. And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just about how much are you aware of how race plays a part in your life. And then once you've kind of determined that percentage, that's your racial consciousness. Right? So if you, um, if you said 20%, then that means that, you know, you have 80% more of awareness that you could have, right? That there's maybe a lot of things that are happening all around you that um, might have been blind spots. Mm-hmm. And now is an opportunity to really understand and learn Um so that you kind of lift that veil and you're seeing, um you know, what other people are seeing and experiencing. And so, you know, it's a really great start.
0: And so much of what, when when I've been at your diversity institute and and i've been with you personally things that that strike me is that you really want to have the opportunity for folks to experience meaningful conversations not the just you know rote conversations that people have but dig a little deeper and having those meaningful conversations and i know some people are afraid to talk about race because they don't want to say something wrong, they don't want to look like they're bad people but I believe that having conversations is a lot like really learning how to ride your bike you know, you fall off a a lot of times, but you need someone there that helps guide you and eventually, eventually after the guidance, after the support you're able to start you know, really understanding this in ways that moves you forward Um, and, and that's what what can we do to have those conversations? How do we be brave? You, you, you talk about having that brave space.
2: Tell me about yes. It. So I think part of what um, is important is to think about the structure of the listening sessions. Mm-hmm. So what we do is um, we first, I like to start with a listening session with just the organization's leaders, mm-hmm. anyone who is managing people. Um, And even people who are are, um, leaders who may not be managing people, those folks should come together. Because what we try to do is we try to give those leaders an opportunity to understand how to improve dialogue within the organization and communities. And they can do this in a very logical and efficient way. So we give them what we have created, which is called the... um, Actually, I'll go to it right now. It's called the Leadership Racial Dialogue Toolkit. And this gives leaders, um, things that they can talk about with their teams. So first we help the leaders and give them an opportunity to tell us what they're going through and how are they, and how is this impacting them? Then we can create um, a listening session for the entire group. So we would have leaders and staff or faculty and students together. And in that um, listening session, we're going to create a brave space. So we go over those brave space agreements, stay engaged, experience discomfort, um, expect and accept non-closure, and practice 360 empathy, um, beginning and then we begin with a mutual purpose. We want everyone to understand why we came together. And that is probably something that will come from a leader at the organization who will say, you know, this is why we thought this was important to have this dialogue. And, so, and
0: Melissa, ahead. I've yes. only got 30 seconds left for you.
2: Sorry. <laughs>
0: no, it's all good. I'll have you back. You know I will. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that we're going to, we've got the music running now. and. Yes. I just want to encourage folks to take some extra moments and make some connections. Even if it's at the grocery and you're connecting with that person who's who's giving you change. Make that connection. Care about people. Care about everybody. We'll be right. We'll be back next week.